Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this next session of Baldwin Safety Chat Podcast. We can talk about anything safety management, anything risk management, how to do our jobs maybe just a little bit better so we can be the best that we can. The last podcast, we talked about deviations. Uh, we talked about the paths in the snow. You remember when you look at that, and people, they take the, the shortest way they can. Uh, the least, the path of the least resistance, I think is the best way it's put. It reminds me, probably even brought up the term in the last podcast, I can't remember, and it's uh, normalization of deviance. And we hear that a lot. I know the classes that have the privilege to teach, uh, that comes up a lot. It's this idea of becoming desensitized to change that we start deviating from controls, we start deviating from safety controls more more specifically, and we become desensitized to it. And it's just the way we do things now. And it's really interesting. Actually, it was theory brought up by Diane Vaughn and specifically was applied to the Challenger launch decision. It's really a powerful concept when you sit here and think about it. So it's that concept where deviation becomes normal. <laughs> and I know I just flipped the words around there. We really have to sit and think about it for a minute because it's we have set procedures in place. We have risk controls in place and we deviate from them and that becomes normal. What we really haven't explored, especially when it comes to the normalization of deviance, how do we get there? We all know that organizations have to some degree, this deviation going on. But how do we get there? It's interesting in an article that I read, we'll post the link down here beneath the podcast because it's a really good article. It's by Tinsley et al. And it's How to Avoid Catastrophe. It's from 2011, so it's a little bit old. But interestingly, this article was also referenced in the latest NPRM that came out uh, for the FAA to build their case with safety management systems. And specifically, they looked at how we look at the little events, that little events lead up to big events. And that's basically how they open up the paper. That And research found that there's numerous near misses associated with every catastrophic outcome. The really interesting aspect I got from this article was talking about this idea of outcome bias. I've heard it used in different contexts, but, but outcome bias, and this is where we see a positive outcome. And I don't want to say we don't understand, but we really don't have insight into the processes behind that outcome, what was missed, what we just went right by pure luck. And and so what that does is that sets up this bias, that sets up this viewpoint that, hey, you know, everything's okay. We did this deviation. Everything's okay. It worked before. We can do it again. I think the quote they used in the in the paper itself was, you can't argue with success. And it, I have to laugh because I've heard semblance of that in my career. I would have a chief pilot. I flew the Hawker. Don't judge me. But when I fly the chief pilot, obviously he was out in command, he would consistently use the speed brakes in conjunction with full flap extension. But if you ever flew the Hawker, you know that's a no-no. But he would always find himself behind the ball. Next thing you know, he's he's throwing out the speed brakes with the full flaps, despite how many times I reminded him that is exceeding airframe limitations. The point is, is that in his head, it happened once and it was a successful outcome. You know, that the flaps weren't bent. There was no bending in the skin, no wrinkling in the skin. So we did it again and he did it again, did it again, did it again. So, and that turns out to be that normalization of deviance, that deviating from that risk control, which is that hard and fast limitation on the aircraft to not extend, not to use the speed brakes with, with flaps, with flaps extended. It's very interesting though, like I said, we hear this term normalization of deviance, but 
sometimes we don't really sit down and think, well, well, how did we get there? Yeah, we're deviating. We're deviating from controls. But what is it that that behavior that reinforces it? And again, it's this outcome bias, that a positive outcome, there's a positive outcome by bypassing risk controls or not fully utilizing risk controls. Nothing happens. So in our minds, it's like, okay, well, therefore it must be okay. (laughs) You know, we can deviate. And that is a very dangerous attitude. It can, as you know, it can go very badly, uh, as we've seen in going back to Diane Vaughn's case with the challenger, that was a case where deviation or deviance in the organization was normalized and led to that disaster. Another way that they put it in the article is enduring with failure. The fact that you might have these near misses, this kind of straying away from the deviance a little bit, but you might have these near misses constantly in your system. We're going back to that outcome bias that the near miss, nothing happened. It was, everything's fine. It was just a little hiccup as we see it. You become desensitized to it. So these near misses end up going basically unnoticed or I should say unscrupulized. Is that even a word? <laughs> they're, not, they're, they're not put under the microscope, as it were. That, again, will also get us into some issues. So what's our job? And this is where it's the hardest. Okay, so basically, this normalization deviation set in place by outcome bias. When we're deviating from controls in an organization, this has to come to the forefront because we have to ask the question, why? Why are we deviating from controls? And I know this is kind of rehashing the last podcast. And Is there something wrong with the control? I think in the last podcast, we talked about old controls. You know, is it no longer useful? Is it complicated? Is it, is it cumbersome or overly cumbersome? Why are we deviating from it? Because people are deviating from it, getting a positive outcome, therefore think it's fine to deviate from it, like it's not even there for a purpose anyway. So anytime there's a deviation from a control, from a procedure specifically, we need to know about it. And that's not always so easy. Again, people aren't going to want to always tell us that they deviated from control. They don't want to necessarily tell us that they violated an SOP or failed to follow one. That takes a special culture. And again, I know we've talked about psychological safety. We'll talk a little bit more about it in future podcasts. But it takes a special culture for people to step up and admit they violated a procedure. That's so important for us to know that, not to punish, not for retraining, but to ask the question, why? Why did you deviate from that procedure. Super important to do that. Also important, kind of in the same vein though, are all these near misses. These near misses are the signal. It's sometimes so weak, but that's a signal that we want to pick up in the organization. And this comes to this comes to measuring. And this still is in the same vein and very similar to deviations from the standard operating procedures. But when there are these near misses, like it was going badly and nothing happened, everything was okay. Yeah, it was a close call or maybe not so close call. We had a little hiccup, but everything turned out okay. It's that mindset, going back to that outcome bias, a positive outcome. And what that does is desensitize us to it. That is so incredibly important again, to get that signal. So we need to know what to measure. Even if the signal that is showing these near misses or the signal is showing even deviation, even as innocuous as it may seem, it's still a signal that we need to pay attention to because it could be the case, again, that something is going wrong and something needs to be done. So that comes down to us measuring what to measure in the organizations. What are the things, what are the signals that we can pick up on to say, okay, these are consistent near misses. Let's go into it a little bit deeper. Now, one that comes to mind, and it's not really in our system per se, but when we look at uh, traffic collision avoidance systems or the TCAS or ACAS, the generic term for it, 
if we have a lot of RAs keep knocking on these resolution advisories, um, in a sense, it's a near miss because you have this last interdiction. Well, actually, you're going to be the last interdiction to make sure you see the plane. But it's basically the last technology interdiction prior to a disaster. So it can almost be classified as a near miss. And if this is consistently happening, then we need to look into that. If we submit to what they said in this article that usually there's like, you know, many near misses prior to a catastrophic accident, the term I've always used in classes, well, you're knocking on the door. <laughs> you're knocking on the door and eventually somebody's going to answer and that will not be a good scene. So we need to find these signals in the organization. And, and I think the best similarity to this that ICAO has come up with is what they call the low consequence, high probability indicators. These are the near misses that they themselves are low consequence. They are, you know, they also could encompass the deviations that in itself, the consequence isn't severe, but it's a higher probability. So that means we have a better chance of measuring it. So it's those things I think we need to measure. So like I said, this is a great article and it also goes into how these are latent failures or how you can have latent failures in the organization that sets up this outcome bias. There are seven strategies that they come up with. I'm just going to read them off fairly quickly. I kind of want to go over these seven strategies just because they really set the stage to how we can root out these latent conditions and the outcome bias and pick up on the signals in the organization that we need to be measuring. One, it's a heat high pressure. So when we have pressure, we have a tendency to <laughs> reduce, or I should say increase, our risk tolerance. This is actually really interesting, um, probably one of the more interesting ones. Under high pressure, and this goes back to James Reason's uh, short view versus long view on production versus protection. In the short view, under high pressure, we tend to go more towards production. And so therefore, we are more tolerant of near misses and more accepting of outcome bias, saying, okay, well, we've been in this pinch before and we plowed through and, you know, we deviated from these controls and near misses, but hey, every single time it's turned out okay. And, and that's not good. <laughs> so heed high pressure. Look at those high pressure moments, those time crunch moments and understand what's happening. You know, talk to the front line. Hey, when you're pressured, what does that look like? Do you feel like you have to go around controls? And are controls hindering or we, we can streamline them? Uh, two, obviously learn from those deviations. And again, that goes back to if there are deviations and near misses, we need to learn from them. And that leads into number three is uncover uncover causal factors. Uh, root cause is what they use in the article. And you want to see why is this deviation happening? What is missing here that we need to address? What is that signal we really need to listen to? Number four is demand accountability for performance. Accountability for those near misses uh, and the deviations. Hey, you know, you have to be accountable that you did it. Now, this doesn't mean ascribing blame or it doesn't mean doling out justice per se, but we're asking people to be accountable. That goes into five too, and then consider the worst case scenario. And sometimes it was presented a little differently in the context of the article. If you could meet with your pilots or your maintenance folks and help them to understand the worst case scenario, then they're probably less likely to deviate if they understand what the consequences will be. That sounds so <laughs> incredibly trivial, like they should know that. What is interesting, and if you read this paper, if you read the study, it's really funny that people were more likely to take risk when they were unsure or did not know what a potential outcome could be. Whereas people then were introduced to what the outcome could be, their risk appetite went down. That is super fascinating when we look at behavior in the organization. So consider the worst case scenarios, communicate those, say, speed break, of 
course, he probably knew what the worst case scenario was. That's just him. But but again, saying that, hey, you know, you could you could seriously wrinkle the skin, uh, cause a lot of damage, uh, potentially flat failure, uh, structural failure. Who knows? So we need to iterate that, uh, especially on the deviations that we're seeing. Hey, you guys keep going past this control. This control is meant to prevent X, Y, or Z. Let's figure out what the deal is with this control so we can still prevent X, Y, and Z, but also make it a control that you can live with and ascribe to. Number six, it just talks about evaluating projects at every stage. And again, uh, this article is not necessarily in the context of, of our operation, but it means that we tend to, in our projects especially, we tend to wait to the end and then see any near misses or deviations that should be considered all along. But seven to me is very important, and that is reward owning up. Man, I can't tell you how important this is. In the safety culture surveys, we do point this out. Uh, the, the story actually is really cool that they give in the article. They talk about a, a Navy seaman that found he had lost a tool and he knows that would ground all operations. It was during an exercise on the carrier and he knew the repercussions, but he fessed up to it. He took accountability. So yeah, they, they had to cancel the exercise. They had to divert aircraft because that tool uh, obviously could lead to a near miss that could cause damage and especially in a dynamic area like aircraft carriers. And you'd think this, this kid would have been chastised, but just the opposite. Uh, the Navy celebrated him. The, the commander celebrated him. And we have the opportunity to do the same. And that's why when we go back to finding, you know, where there's deviations and procedures or there's, you know, these near misses, we have to celebrate that when people tell us because that is such key information for us to determine what's happening in the system and why is this happening. We really celebrate, uh, reward people owning up to their deviations. It's obviously not a free pass to say, well, I deviate every day and I'm just going to fess up to it and, you know, I'll get steak dinner. No, that, that's obviously not what I'm saying. But when people are truly heartfelt and they say, hey, you know what, this this is what's going on, then then celebrate. These were uh, just seven strategies to root out these latent conditions and to help mitigate outcome bias so that we can stem that normalization of deviance. It's not an easy job. If I had the answer for that, <laughs> uh, I'd probably be a very rich man, but it's not an easy job how to uh, completely control that. But I think it's our job to seek it out. And I think it's our job to promote the environment or to encourage leadership to promote the environment to find these deviations, to find these near misses, and to uh, definitely measure them uh, to understand what the signal is and what needs to be done. So I'm going to stop there because I think I could probably go on forever on this because this is a super, super cool topic. The paper is How to Avoid Catastrophe. It is in the Harvard Business Review from 2011. It's by Tinsley, Dylan, and Matsua. So check it out. I will put the link in the uh, bottom of the podcast so that you can uh, you can read it and, and make your own make your own um, thoughts on that. And if you do read it and you have different thoughts, I would absolutely love to hear them. So thank you for joining me on this uh, on this little podcast. I'm looking forward to the podcast coming up. We got great things to talk about. We're gonna be talking about emergency response. Probably gonna be talking about the NPRM more. A little bit more about culture and leadership. Uh, those are those are two of my favorite subjects. Thank you again for joining. I look forward to you guys joining me on the next podcast. As always, wherever you listen to this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, on whatever platform. You see that area down there that says rate us, whether it be a stars or thumbs up? Go ahead. Give us five stars. Let us know how we're doing, though, and if we can do anything better because we are here to serve you. I, I really, truly appreciate uh, what you all do. And until next time, stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. 
Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.